This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, I'd like to thank Apostle Fee and Dr. Bev for the opportunity that I have of ministering to you this morning. Um, and we love them dearly. We continue to pray for them as he does and they do for us. It was Henry Ford that said the following. He said, if you always do what you've always done, you're going to always get what you've always gotten. So if you find yourself in a place where you're tired of being caught in the cycle of getting the same thing all the time, it's time to make a change. It's almost cliche here at CFC, but we've always said for years, if you want to change, make a change. And January is a great time to make a change. You've come off December holidays and you just want to get, get back to it and you want to conquer greater things I believe all of us want to do in 2020. I felt really motivated as Pastor Johnny preached last week on Beep Beep. I felt, I felt the horn honking behind me. Now, if you don't know what Beep Beep is, do me a favor, bump your neighbor. Say beep beep. Okay, so if you weren't here last weekend, you need to listen to the message. You wouldn't know what I'm talking about, but get the message. It really will bless you. A key word in the series that you're going to notice repeated over and over again is the word repent. Now, the word repent comes with very many negative connotations, but really our mind needs to be renewed on this word repentance. The Bible says that when we repent, times of refreshing will come from the Lord. So refreshing is conditional on repentance. Now, repentance is not just saying sorry. There's two Greek words for repentance in the New Testament that mean two different things. The first word, Greek word for repent, means to change our mind. That's a good thing, right? Change your mind is a good thing. And the second one, repent in Greek means to change your actions. Your actions will never change until your mind gets changed. And I think that's what January is all about. It's about changing our mind concerning certain things. And that's going to be my focus today. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. John the Baptist, he says this. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at this. He says, repent, change your mind. So that your actions will change. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, to be at hand means it's right here. It's not far off. Let me say this to you today. Change is just a decision away. Because of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost, change is just a decision away. Isn't it wonderful to know that in God's presence, we can change in a moment? Hey, by the grace of God. So John says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at and he's saying, change the way you think and you'll draw closer to the kingdom. And that's what this month is dedicated towards. You see, our minds need to be renewed regarding the origin and the nature of joy. What is true joy? That's the theme of my message today. You see, there is a godly joy that you and I can possess regardless of our circumstances. Let's say this together. Say that. There is a godly joy that I can possess regardless of my circumstances. Some years ago, I gave my joy away for a couple of days. I relinquished my joy. You see, joy can't be stolen from you. You can only give it up. But I relinquished my joy just for a couple of days, um, and it had everything to do with a dentist. I'd love to say it's a dentist's fault, but I have to, I have to remain theologically correct because <laughs> you can't 
You can't have your joy stolen. A dentist can't steal your joy. But you know, I was suffering. You know, how many of you enjoy dentists? How many of you get up in the morning and say, hey, babe, it's, I'm so good. I'm going for teeth cleaning today. Isn't it exciting? Anybody? Me. That burning ivory. I don't think anybody, but a dentist can take my joy. I've had some miserable experiences with my teeth in the past. And I remember I was going for a root canal or an apicectomy, and I was in so much pain, I'd given my joy over nothing else mattered except this thing here. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, the world can be collapsing around you. You'll bond your house just to get rid of this thing over here. I gave my joy up. I wasn't happy. I wasn't focused. I went to the Rosebank Clinic, and this little nurse came along, and she gave me a shot of the most wonderful, <laughs> the most pleasant. It's called pethidine. Can someone say pethidine? I mean, pethidine is like boldness. I said to Pastor Johnny this morning, I literally felt like Cupid on a cloud. It's amazing. All the woes, all my woes went, all the pain went, all the frustration went. In actual fact, when they shot me with this pethidine, I became a preaching machine. Reinhard Bonker, step aside. My anesthetist became so scared of my preaching, my, the, the, the room that I was in was half glass and half drywalling. This professional, elderly gentleman, Muslim, would duck down like this, and crawl past my room because I'd be saying, come in here, I'd have to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about Jesus. I was preaching to anything that moved. I tell you what, all thanks to, I'd love to say the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't, it was pethidine. <laughs> it was pethidine. In actual fact, when I got discharged, I said to the nurse, I said, listen, please don't you just have a couple of those little... <laughs> I feel a crusade coming on, you know? You know what I'm saying? It's, the point I'm trying to make is that it's amazing that when Pethidine came, my focus again became my calling. Before that, everything else was a distraction. All that mattered was my pain. Listen to me. This is what joy does. Because when the joy of the Lord comes back into your life and He becomes your strength, nothing else matters anymore. Just like Peth, listen, my circumstances didn't change. My tooth was still, the abscess was still there. I just didn't care. I didn't, how many of you want to get to that point where you just say, I don't care? Now, I know it's a very poor comparison because the pethidine eventually wore off and I knew where I'd been. But the joy of the Lord, hallelujah, never wears off. We've got faith to believe for it. And we can become as impervious to an abscess and anything else in life when we have the joy of the Lord. This is what it says in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. It says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, to give up joy to circumstance is actually to give up the thing or the source of your strength. You become weak. And so today, I want to propose, I want to give you three theological truths about joy. And then after that, I'm going to give you three practices that we'll draw from the life of the Apostle Paul to help us see how we can walk in this joy, regardless of our circumstances. So here we go. The first theological truth is that joy comes, number one, from knowing God has a plan for your life. Listen to me. This cannot be cliche and it cannot be said enough. If you don't know what your purpose in life is, your life will be abused by circumstances. Look at what it says in Psalm chapter 16, verses 5 through 11. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot 
secure. My source is you, the the psalmist says, and everything I own and where I'm positioned is all in your hands. I love this verse. Listen to this. The boundary lines, or my purpose, you see my boundary lines, Dr. Johnny, Pastor Greg, our boundary lines have fallen for us here in Johannesburg. Listen what it says. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Listen, the purpose God has for you has fallen in pleasant places. You never have to be concerned that God is going to force you to do something where you live your life continually uncomfortably. The boundary lines have fallen for me and have fallen for you in pleasant places. But do you know where those boundary lines are? If you've not yet done growth track, get on growth track today. Step number two. We're going to help you find your gifts, your passions, your purpose, what it is that God has created you to do. And not just in the church, not just in the kingdom, but the motivational giftings that God has given you to be a success out there. It doesn't help you're a success in here, but a failure out there. Growth Track is all about making sure you're plugged in the right place and understand where your boundary lines have fallen. He says this, he says, surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord, with Him at my right hand, I will never, ever be shaken. Praise God with Him at my right hand. Listen, when you're walking in the perfect will of God, you know God is at your right hand. When you're willingly being disobedient, I promise you, circumstances are going to shake you. Life is not going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be like you're living your life, hacking your way through a jungle. It's going to take effort. You're going to make progress, but very slowly. Listen to me. When you come into the purpose of God, it's almost like the Lord has cleared a pathway for you. And while everybody else is hacking their way through the jungle of life, you are walking on the pathway. Why? Because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. The rest of the world has to worry about chopping down life. You just have to walk about, worry about putting one foot in front of the next because the Lord Lord has gone before you and he's cleared the path. Amen. It's time we discover what God has created and called us to do. And let me say this, when you're walking in the purpose of God, as far as your kingdom assignment is concerned, the world becomes an easier place to live in. The favor of the Lord rains down on you. How many of you are ready to start walking in the purpose of life? Listen what the psalmist says. He says, with me at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure (laughs) because you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. God reveals his purpose to everyone if you ask. No one need live a purposeless life. He says this, and you fill me with joy in your presence. Joy is connected to walking in your purpose. That's the first point. The first theological point is knowing that God has a plan for your life. This is why we place so much emphasis on growth track. We don't want you to do growth track so you can serve us. We want to serve you and help you become who God created you to be. Kay Warren said this, Rick Warren's wife. She says this, she says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all of the details of my life. That's what joy is. Joy is the settled assurance. Okay, so that was the first theological point. The second, number two, is that joy comes when you are certain that God is going to work it out. 
that God's going to work it out. When you're certain, listen to this, in 1 Peter, very powerful truth revealed to us over here concerning the source of joy. Look at this. Though you have not seen him, which means you've never physically seen God. Perhaps you've never physically seen him intervene. Look at this. You love him. And even though you do not see him now, which means you may have not seen God act on your behalf in the past. You may not even see God acting on your behalf in the present with the natural eyes I'm talking about. It says this, though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. Can someone say that God is gonna work it out? Say it again, God is gonna work it out. I don't know what you're facing right now. I know you've had more months than money. Got paid on the 15th of December. It's a salty crack month. Salty crack and cheese come the 15th. Most of you are saying, oh, Jesus. I'm trusting you for a miracle. Can the 15th become the 30th? Like tomorrow. You've had more month than money. But I'm telling you now, regardless of where you find yourself, God is going to work it out. Hallelujah. There's a story of a jungle king who went hunting with his best friend. And his best friend was loading his rifle and the king took aim and shot, but the guy didn't load the rifle properly and it blew off his right thumb. This king was so annoyed. Now, this friend of his was an eternal optimist. Whatever happened to him in life, he just said, this is good. This is good. He would always say that. That's why the king loved him. Blew the king's thumb off. His, his friend looked at him and said, this is good. He says, no. It's not good. My thumb got blown off. And he chucked the guy in prison. A year later, the king was hunting with another friend. And the cannibals got hold of him. They were about to roast him. They had him all tied up with cherries and syrup, ready to roast him. And one of the cannibals realized, listen, this guy doesn't have a right thumb. We don't eat anything that's half done. We're not going to have an imperfect meal. He says, listen, you're free to go. The king was so grateful. He felt so bad about putting his friend in prison. He got back there. He went and apologized. He said, listen, I just want to apologize for putting you in prison. The guy said, no, it's all good. He says, no, it's not good. He says, I blamed you for blowing my thumb off. I got caught by these cannibals. They let me go because my thumb was blown off. The guy says, no, it's all good, king. He says, you know why? Because if you hadn't put me in prison, I would have been with you. <laughs> and, I, and I would have been the one. Can someone say, God will work it all out? Listen, this is where the source of joy comes from. Kay Warren says the following. She says this. She says, joy is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. Can someone say, everything is going to be all right? I feel a song coming on, but I'll restrain myself. Someone said again, everything is going to be all right. Here's the third theological principle is that joy comes when I choose it. Joy is a choice. It comes by choice and not by chance. This is what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it. Rejoice. Now, it's one thing to rejoice. It's an entirely different thing to rejoice. Some of you need to re again, rejoice again. He says this. He says, look what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Why? 
because we've forgotten already in the first five words. He says, rejoice, rejoice. We can't be the type of people, folks, that consistently see the glass as half full, especially in the world we live in now. People are hopeless, helpless, and miserable. We as Christians should shine our light, and our light should be a light of joy. That people look at you and say, listen, how is it that you are impervious to what's going on? Do you know what the fuel price is going to do at the end of January? Hey, I don't care. <laughs> because God's got this. How can you be so happy? Easy. You see, the world out there has enough of those that the devil has his followers continually trying to drag folks into their misery, cynicism, hopelessness, negativity, moodiness, and general negativity. We can't be numbered among them. Now listen, I'm not known for being the most detailed person in the world, but I'm, uh, there's some things that I notice. I mean, my kids, even my wife, hate watching TV with me. I can suck the joy right out of any program. I mean, just the night before last, I was watching a film with Rebecca Christine and, my, and Rebecca's boyfriend, Rourke, and this couple got out the car, it was little Alfa Romeo, to go and ride a Ferris wheel, but I noticed the guy didn't put the lights off on the car. So now, I'm, so forget the romantic moment. I'm thinking this cat is going to get off the Ferris wheel. He's going to come back to his car in the middle of the bush, and he's going to have to push his car. So I say this. Now, if I'd shut up, it would be fine, but I mention it. Rebecca says, Dad, why do you always have to ruin everything? I mean, they loved watching Big Bang Theory until I told them, listen, do you know that the clapping is pre-recorded? They put that in the film in post. Nobody's that happy. Nobody claps that much. They said, oh, nonsense. I said, listen to it. It's amazing. When Sheldon does something, it's the same clap, same laugh. Ha, 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 ha. It's like somebody in the studio goes, ha, 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 Sorry if I ruined Big Bang Theory for everyone. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. And my daughter's in there saying, I can't believe he put that in his preach. But I can suck the life out of any program just like this. I know Pastor Johnny's thinking to himself, listen, why can't you be that way <laughs> at work and just notice the smaller things? I mean, I glaze over stuff, I promise you. I'm, I see the big picture. This is such a great story, and I have to repeat it. It's something by Chris Hodges where he shares the story of Winnie the Pooh and how the characters in the story of Winnie the Pooh are a great study in human psychology. So let's take a look at it, okay? Like I said, I can suck the life out of any room. I'm not a details person. We're talking about rejoice always. So in, this, in, in, in Winnie the Pooh, you get neurotic piglet. He's always depressed. He's always anxious. Something always bad's going to happen. He's like, and he's always frail and feeble. I mean, how many of you know somebody like that? The glass is always half full. Then you get the know-it-all owl. I think my daughter would think I fall into that category. Uh, nobody wants to be around the owl because he's always got a pearl of wisdom. He always wants to correct things and fix things. Then you get the smart, smart alley kangaroo. And what about naive poo? I mean, poo's just, poo's just chilled, relaxed. What about the slowed-up, lackluster eel? Well, let's just do it again. His ears are hanging. I mean, his body language just speaks about someone who's never less for anything. I think that would be my mom. I love her, but my, mom, my, I, my dad and I and my brother used to call my mom Dr. No. Let's go for a picnic. No, it's the first, it was her first response. Her automated response was no. How many of you know someone like that? Hey, let's go to the mall. No, unless it's your wife. Then it's, hey. But I mean, by and large, they just, but listen, there's one character in the whole story of Winnie the Pooh that really stands out. You know who I'm talking about, right? Is Tigger. 
Tigger, baby. Tigger. Listen, this guy's even got his own song. You know he's got the right attitude when he writes the lyrics to his own song and he sings it to himself. A wonderful thing is a Tigger. A Tigger's a wonderful thing. His head is made of rubber. His tail's made of spring. He's bouncy, 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 bouncy all day long. A wonderful thing is a Tigger. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. And the one thing you've got to love about Tigger is that whenever they're in a pickle or they want to do something, not like the, not like, um, the, uh, the doctor, no. Whenever they want to do something, Tigger says, oh, let's go pick peaches, Pooh says. Tigger says, oh, let's go pick peaches. Why, that's what Tiggers do best. <laughs> Tiggers do everything best. Let's paint a room in the children's ministry. Hey, uh, that's what dream teamers do best. That's what we do, you know. That's the attitude to have. And if you want to go into 2020, let's have that kind of attitude. That's what we at Christian Family Church, we do it best. As long as you're focusing on that, I promise you, it doesn't matter who comes into Nottingham Wood. I think that's the name where they live. Everything's going to be okay. That's what somebody bump your neighbor and say, that's what dream teamers do best. This is what Kay Warren said. She said, joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. The determined choice to praise God. She first said it was quiet confidence, and then she said it was a determined... It's a determined choice to praise God in all things. Can someone bump your neighbor and say, it's time to choose joy? Now listen, just in case you were thinking, Pastor Andre, you don't know my circumstances. Maybe you're suffering from mental illness or maybe life has just got you down. Maybe you've lost a loved one. I don't, I don't want to minimize your pain. I don't want to minimize your pain, but think about where that has got you so far. You spent the whole of 2019 full of remorse about something that happened, something that could have happened, an opportunity that was missed. It hasn't changed your circumstances one iota. I want you to, I want you to start today. I want you to start, this is a fresh start. I want you to start today and say, Pastor Andre, I'm choosing joy because what I tried before ain't working anymore. And this is what it says in Deuteronomy 30. Listen, a powerful scripture. This command to choose joy that I'm commanding you today isn't too much for you. It is not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain. You don't have to get mountaineering to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it before you can live it. And it's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out there to get it and bring it back and then explain it before you can live it. No, the word is right here and now. As near as the tongue in your mouth, as near as the heart in your chest, just do it. Nike didn't come up with that. Look, he says, at what I've done for you today. Can someone say today? I've placed in front of you life and death, evil, sorry, life and good, death and evil. And I command you, love God, your God, walk in his ways and keep his commandments. Look at this. And the rules so that you will live, really live, live exuberantly. That's the life God has for you. That's the joyful life the Lord has for you. At the end, he says this, he says, I place before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life, choose joy. Just choose it. Just choose it. Say to yourself, Lord, today I choose joy. Now, there's three ways to do this, Pastor Andre. How do I just choose joy? Well, number one is you have to choose to look beyond what happened. 
the context of the verse I'm about to read to you right now, Paul was actually going to preach at a crusade. He was hoping to see thousands saved. Instead, he got locked in prison. And he was about to be beheaded. I mean, this guy, and if that wasn't bad enough, he had people making demands on him because the political situation in the church was such that they were placing a demand on him to solve all of these problems. So Paul was much like in the position, remember, he's about to get his head chopped off. He planned to do a crusade. That wasn't happening. And now he had all these arguments and stuff he had to deal with, much like my tooth issue that I spoke about. I'm not comparing my tooth issue to Paul's, but... <laughs> <laughs> you may not be in a position where your head's going to get chopped off, but I mean, all of us have something, right? So Paul was in a, he was in a desperate place. But look at what he says in Philippians 1 verse 12. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. How did he work this out? How did Paul factor the fact that this was advancing the gospel? Because, I mean, he was going to do a crusade. Well, simply because he got time to finish the epistles and the Bible that we read today. Colossians, Ephesians, these were all written during Paul's prison time. You see, Paul was a go-getter. He was an action man. The Lord said, listen, the only way I'm going to get this guy to make a lasting impression on eternity and do what I need him to do, I just need to lock him up a bit. Some of us could do with a bit of quietening down and a bit of locking up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, amen's there. Okay. Okay, no, no, that's fine. I, I agree with you. I'm not saying amen. I don't want to go to prison. So the first thing is you need to do is you need to look beyond what has happened. First things first. You can't change the past. Secondly, it says here that you must choose to find new opportunities. New opportunities in the middle of the mess that you find yourself. You're saying, Lord, you prepare us the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, instead of me focusing on my enemies, I'm going to focus on what's on the table. And you just change your perspective. It's a small thing, but look what happened with Paul. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, look what he says. He says, as a result of my imprisonment or my situation, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul is saying, listen, I didn't have an opportunity to make an impact the last time I was in prison. It was too short. But hey, I'm back here now, and guess what? I'm changing things. It's all about an attitude. You know, Paul, <laughs> Tinger got his attitude from the apostle Paul. And so we need to be more like that, folks. Begin to look for the table that has been prepared for you in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the loss. I promise you now, if God says there's a table there, there's a table, you just got to find it. You'll never sit at the table while you focus on the circumstances and the enemies. Come on, this is a fresh start in 2020. I don't know about you. I needed a bit of an attitude adjustment. How many of you can say, listen, I'm choosing a bit of an attitude adjustment this morning. And I pray for the guys that are watching us on live stream. I pray the Holy Ghost is just as present for you. And I hope that you're making the changes and that you're choosing joy. So that's the three. That's the second one. Look at the first one. Choose to look beyond what happened. Choose to to find new opportunities. And the third and final one is this, choose to focus on what really, really matters. Choose to focus on what really, listen, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm just speaking about myself, but you know what? I allow the stupidest things to get to me. 
in 2019, I allowed a lot of nonsense to get to me and I relinquished my joy to a lot of different things that took place. I'm saying in 2020, this is my fresh start. It's just gonna be, forget about it. Forget about it, it's not worth it. Don't stress about the things you're gonna have the power to change. Just, can someone bump your neighbor and say, just forget about it. You see, we get bent out of shape. Look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter one. Stay in this book from verses 15 through to 18. He says this, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that, that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition or not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Paul says, but what? does it matter the important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true christ is preached and because of this i rejoice yes i will continue to rejoice bump your neighbor and say it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you're not gonna let the things phase you listen folks when i was held up in december of 2010 a gun put to my head the guy told me today, I'm going to kill you. He tied my hands behind my back and my feet, and he said he's going to kill The moment he said, I'm going to kill you, I said to him, listen, you don't have a, God has not permitted you to kill me. God has not permitted you to kill me. I've still got Bible colleges to plant, churches to plant under the leadership of Vassal Field. My assignment is not yet done, and God has not said yes. He would come around the corner and point the gun at me and go, chick, chick every now and then to instill fear. I looked at him and smiled and said, not today, not today. I'm telling you when you've got purpose in life and you've got joy. Now listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was saying a silent prayer when he wasn't watching. Father, is there anything outstanding that I need to repent for? You know, just in case. <laughs> but the devil, what the devil saw was me going, God's not done with me yet. I choose joy. Can someone say, I choose joy? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every head bowed, every head bowed and every eye closed. You might be here today and you say, listen, Pastor Andre, that's all good and well. Choosing joy is it that simple. Let me say this, as a caveat, that you can't choose joy unless you've chosen Jesus. Because true joy, as you've seen from Scripture, all comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.